Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 20 of Revelation chapter 13. And we're looking at verse 10 and I'll also read verses 11 and 12. Revelation 13 verse 10, He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And I'll stop reading there. Now we um, have taken a bit of a detour from Revelation 13, because God speaks of the faith of the saints, both here in chapter 13 and in chapter 14. It, it, it's a very similar statement in Revelation 14. Here, in this place, in chapter 13, the, the time and the place is the Great Tribulation. In chapter 14, it's the time and place of Judgment Day on the world. Here, the patience of the saints will be tried. Here, the faith of the saints will be shown. It'll become evident. It'll give God glory. Here, through the end-time judgments of God, first upon those called by his name, the New Testament churches and congregations, and then secondly, on the world itself and the nations of the world, all the unsaved people of the earth. And since God emphasizes faith of the saints in both these chapters, in the context of the Great Tribulation and Judgment Day, we went to Matthew 21, where the Lord Jesus cursed the fig tree and and speaking to his disciples said, you will not only do this, but also, you will say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. And we saw how incredibly, in those few verses, in Matthew 21, verses 18 through 21, or verse 22, God lays out his judgment program. He lays He lays out, in, in simple um parabolic language, really. He lays out the judgment on Israel when Christ cursed the fig tree. He lays out the judgment on the New Testament church that comes at the time of the end, the beginning of the Great Tribulation, when Jesus says, you will not only do what I have done. And he also lays out for all to see the final judgment of the world, the kingdom of Satan Babylon. And it really is amazing that um, you would never think, and I've read that uh, those verses and that passage probably hundreds of times, 
and and you've probably read it um, many many times. And yes, it it stands out. It's um, just very interesting language that God gives. But but there it was for for all the world to see throughout the entire New Testament church age period that was written in the first century A.D. and we're in the 21st century for almost 2,000 years. God just laid it out. Here's my program of judgment. First, I have to deal with national Israel, and, and that will happen shortly. And when Christ went to the cross and the veil of the temple was written twain, that was it. The, the fig tree is eternally cursed. Then I must deal with the church, which Israel typified, and therefore the fig tree can also represent the church. And, and I will bring judgment on them, similar to the judgment I brought on Israel. And so it was done. At the beginning of the Great Tribulation, God ended the church age. He removed his spirit and he pronounced an eternal curse upon the church. They would be fruitless from that point forward as Israel was fruitless back in the first century forevermore. And then finally, the last judgment, the judgment on Babylon, the judgment on the world, which the people of God will be instrumental. I will use them. Uh, As the Bible says, Christ comes in judgment with his saints and the disciples will cast by faith the mountain into the sea. It's really a testimonial. It's a witness from God to the fact that he will perform spiritual judgments on the church and on the world at the end of time through uh, opening up these things to his people. And, and that's why it's said to be by faith. You, by faith, you will curse the fig tree as I curse the fig tree. By faith, you will say to this mountain, be thou cast into the sea. And, and faith, again, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And how do we prove these things? We go to scripture and we, and, and we look at Revelation 9 and we look at Revelation 13 and Revelation 14 and and we look at Jeremiah 50 and 51 and Isaiah 24 and so forth. And and we begin to uh, pile up evidence, scripture. We begin to um, have the Bible confirm these things. And then we share it with others. What are you talking about? They They don't see the judgment on the church. Look, I go to church and we're, we're, uh, gaining new members. And the, the offering's been wonderful so that we're building an addition to the church building. And, and it's already a lovely church building. We have central air conditioning. It's very comfortable in there. And we're probably going to do more improvements. And they're, they can't see it. They can't see it. it they're, they're focused on the outward, external corporate body. And the pastor seems like a nice guy. And his family seems nice. And a lot of nice people come to the church. And, and it's a nice building. Everything's nice. Everything's good. Yet, by faith, it takes faith. It takes 
discerning spiritual things. And that's why only the wise will understand and none of the wicked will be able to understand. They, they cannot grasp a hold of these things. And so many fail to understand the judgment on the church, but some others uh, understood that. They were somehow able to to grab a hold of that, and uh, we don't know why, uh, that some who are unsaved understood intellectually the judgment on the church. They understood intellectually they must come out, and it, it's more than likely... Um, probably due to the fact that they never really liked church to begin with, or they didn't like the authority over them in the church. They didn't like the doctrines of the church, and and they weren't free to express their own ideas and and develop their own doctrines. Are very independent-minded people, and and yet never saved, but but independent, proud. And they, they, um, relished, they enjoyed the idea of coming out from under church authority. Uh, you mean the Bible is telling me that I don't have to go to church and, and I don't have to partake of the Lord's table and I, I don't have to listen to the pastor and I don't have to, uh, give to the offering of the church and, and I can just go out on my own in my own home and I can, they they may um, understand it or have understood it uh, along the lines of do what I want. I can do what I want. I'm the one in control. I'm the one uh, who determines uh, right doctrine and wrong doctrine. I'm the one who is the authority now, not the Bible. Now, again, we're talking about unsaved people. Of course, there were many saved people they didn't the child of god doesn't have that kind of mindset but but an unsaved individual we're trying to understand how it is they could intellectually uh, at least agree with the idea of the end of the church and and sort of appreciate it and and uh, grow accustomed to it because maybe who knows what they were doing on sunday on the lord's day they could be watching football um or baseball or whatever sport and and just sitting back and relaxing and and doing as they please with the they might think the full backing and support of the word of god uh, the bible tells me not to go to church the bible tells me to stay out of the church and and of course the bible doesn't uh tell us to uh, to step all over the Sabbath, the Bible tells us to remove our foot from God's holy day, but perhaps these individuals didn't get into those details. Just the idea that I'm being faithful because I'm not going to church. You, you can see how that would be um, sort of a, a good idea, or or an idea that some people might like. Yes, that, that's. I have God's blessing to not go to church. I know some people, for instance, they've never gone to church, and and uh, if you would tell them, look, you're doing the right thing. You, the, the church age is over, and and it's a good thing you don't go to church. They'd probably look at you stunned because they've been doing what they wanted to do all along, 
And, and, and therefore, if you take someone with the same kind of heart, not, never saved, and you now tell them you're in the position of being out of the church, you're never to return, you're not to place yourself under church authority, and, and so forth, you're on your own, just you and God, you and the Bible, and who knows how often they pick up the Bible, who knows how often they really spend time with God in prayer. Who knows? And they they may get up and and they may read um, a psalm. They they may pray for two minutes and oh, I perform my spiritual duty and and now the rest of the day is theirs. But we we can see how they would like that idea. The natural minded man, the independently minded man, the proud in heart individual. And and so they can agree with it and look forward to that date, May 21, 2011. Sure, sure. And I, I, I like this idea of the end of the church age, so they're saying these other things too. I'll go along with it. And, and then the day comes and nothing happens as previously thought in the way it should happen. Of course, it, it's all seemingly nothing happened. Because God did do what he said as far as judgment day occurring that day. And he ended his salvation. He shut the door of heaven. And those are extremely major happenings. But but in the visible realm, nothing happened. You couldn't see anything. And, and therefore, uh, many of these people who joined up, who liked the idea of the end of the church age, being on their own, now their true nature comes forth and their anger and and uh, they they feel like a fool because they did uh, align themselves with this teaching and with family radio and with these people and the world is mocking them and the church is mocking them and they don't like that at all and 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 so they retreat from the information quickly, some of them, and, and some over the course of maybe a longer period of time, they go back from it, and but they maintain, many of them, the, the idea of the end of the church age. They, they still like that idea, and yet they go back from the biblical calendar of history. They go back from May 21, 2011, locking in as Judgment Day. They, they don't see... And what we're talking about, a spiritual judgment, it's, it's foolishness to them. It's ridiculous. And, and, uh, you know, that is the reaction of some people. It's like, um, you're, you're talking about little green men from Mars when, when you say that God, um, did bring judgment in a spiritual way and they look at you. It's not hitting home with them. They're, they're failing to understand. And remember Ecclesiastes in chapter 8, it said, A wise man's heart uh, discerneth both time and judgment. So a wise man, a believer, made wise through the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, who is wisdom dwelling within, discerns both time so we know the timeline, we know the, the dates, as God opens these things to our eyes, our understanding, 
but both time and judgment. So we're able to discern the spiritual nature of Judgment Day. We're, we're able to see it in the Bible and believe it by faith as evidence of things not seen. And, and yet this is where these people who were never saved fail. This is, this is as far as they can go. They had intellectual understanding. They like certain portions of, of these end time teachings, the end of the church age, being on your own, being that independent, um, individual uh, where you could basically do as you please in, in your Christian life and, and have the blessing of God upon you because God didn't want you to go to church. And, and so there's no one to, inspect what you believe or understand and that makes you uh, basically your your own authority and 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 these people followed along until it began to be troublesome for them affliction arose for the word's sake and then they quickly retreated they didn't have the faith they didn't have spiritual eyes to see but the, the children of God were granted these eyes to see. And so by faith, they continue on. They continue understanding and believing these things and are able to discern both the time and the nature of the judgment. Oh, a spiritual judgment. It explains so many things. It explains how God could bring uh, these events to pass as a snare upon all the inhabitants of the earth, as it says in Luke 21. And it explains how Christ could tarry. We look for him on May 21. We look for that destruction. It didn't happen, as thought, yet not tarry. That is, he did come, and he will come. And the prolonged nature of Judgment Day as well uh, it fits with the scripture. It, it fits with and harmonizes with what the Bible says. Uh, yet it's resisted by many because they can't see it with their physical eyes. Well, uh, let's just look at one last thing related to casting the mountain into the sea. And that's back in Genesis chapter 7. Genesis 7 is the chapter, uh, the flood chapter. It's where God first forewarned Noah, yet seven days and I'll bring a flood to destroy the world. And seven days later, on the 17th day of the second month of Noah's calendar, the flood came. And we've learned that God makes the tie-in in Second Peter 3. First, he, he discusses that flood. Then, towards the middle of the chapter, he starts talking about the end of the world, and right in between the discussion of the flood and of the destruction of the world by fire, the Lord gives that verse that one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. And he did that. He he placed it precisely in the midst of the discussion of the destruction of the first world by flood and the, our present world by fire, in order so we could see the tie-in, the number of days spoken and given to Noah. Yet seven days, and I'll bring the flood to destroy the world. 
God was saying spiritually, that was true historically, but underneath that, spiritually, yet 7,000 years, as one day is as a thousand years. And I will bring the final judgment to destroy the world. And 7,000 years later, exactly in the year 2011, as the flood occurred in 4990 B.C., and exactly 7,000 years later in 2011 A.D., the Great Tribulation came to an end. That 23-year Great Tribulation, that exact 8,400-day Great Tribulation came to an end on May 21, 2011, which had the underlying Hebrew calendar date of 217, that which was the date seven days later from the time God said to Noah, yet seven days. God said that to Noah on the tenth day, Seven days later was the 17th day of the second month. The flood began. 7,000 years later, on the 17th day of the second month, the identical date to the start of the flood in the underlying Hebrew calendar on May 21, 2011 of the Gregorian calendar, God shut the door of heaven and, and began to judge the world just as he did 7,000 years earlier, and we read in verse 17 of Genesis 7, And the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lift up upon the earth, and the waters prevailed, and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. Now, the Bible likens the waters of the flood to the word of God in um, First Peter, and the waters prevailed. The word prevailed is a word that means we're victorious. That This is picturing judgment upon sinners. God's word has warned sinners. In the days before the flood, through Noah, a preacher of righteousness, God warned them. And after that time, and over the course of the 7,000 years of history, up until 2011, God warned sinners that they had to seek him while he may be found. And the word of God declared the judgment of God, and at the time the judgment comes with the flood, and now at the time of the end of the world, the word of God is triumphant. It is victorious. And that's why it said the waters prevailed, uh, as it did here, And the ark went upon the face of the waters. And then in verse 19, And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. The mountains of the earth of that day, uh, we don't know how high they were, but the water of the flood rose up to a point 15 cubits higher than the highest mountain, however high that mountain was. Probably not as high as our mountains today, as after the flood there would have been some mountain growing. But however high that mountain was, the waters of the flood went above it and covered them, and and the waters prevailed. That is, the word of God prevailed, over the mountains. And and that's exactly what happened 7,000 years later. The Bible 
speaks of Babylon as a mountain that is cast into the sea. And the judgment of God comes upon the world, the kingdom of Satan, typified by Babylon. And Babylon is thrown into the sea. The waters cover over Babylon. Babylon sinks down into the depths of the sea, picturing the wrath of God. And above it are the triumphant waters representing God's word, the Bible. The Bible foretold these things. The Bible warned the world about these things. God um, had his people go forth and and uh, to proclaim to all the inhabitants of the world, to all the nations that you had until May 21, 2011, to seek the Lord. And, and up until whatever time they heard, until then, he might be found, perhaps, potentially, from your perspective, man's perspective, you had an opportunity, you could go to God, you could beseech him for mercy. But then will come the wrath of God, the shutting of the door, as the ark's door did shut on the 17th day of Noah's second month. God shut the door in the 17th day of the second Hebrew month, the underlying date of May 21, 2011. And judgment commenced, and and the wrath of God has cast Babylon into the sea, and God's people see it, and God's people believe it by faith. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.